is from Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 16. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do consider, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us, then, who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to that which we have already attained. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Richard. And thank you, Trevor and Chris. That's beautifully done, indeed. And all of God's people said, Amen. Indeed, they did. Thank you. My friends, today, you see the title of the sermon printed, Be Perfect. Actually, there should have been a big question mark behind that, Be Perfect. I want to talk to you this morning briefly about being perfect, indeed. Uh, You know, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount... Jesus gets to talking about love, obviously. And then he says something very interesting. And a little later, we'll put it up on the screen for you. Um, He said, be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. How do you feel about being perfect? Or not being perfect? We are entering into a new year, 2020. I don't know where the years have gone. Is this going to be a perfect year for you? Was 19 a perfect year for you? Are you a perfect person? Or maybe not a perfect person. How do you feel about Jesus' word, be perfect? It's a promise and a challenge, isn't it? Well, Forgive me, but I have a Charlie Brown story. And, and, and I told Trevor and Chris, I said, I have a Charlie Brown tie and a Charlie Brown story. And they said, well, we knew you'd have a Charlie Brown story if you preached. Charles Schultz really writes cartoons. It's, not, it's really for adults. It has a lot of theology in it. Anyway... Charlie Brown's talking to his good friend Linus, and they lean on the wall. See them? See them in the screen? And, and you know what Charlie says? He says to Linus, I hate to see the sun go down. I wasted another day. And Linus says, well, what do you consider a day not wasted, Charlie Brown? And Charlie responds, 
a day where I met the girls of my dreams, was elected president of our country, won the Nobel Prize, and hit a home run. To which Linus concludes, Charlie Brown, I can understand why you hate to see the sun go down. Perfection. Are you sure, Lord? Jesus, if you walked in this room physically and stood before you and said, be perfect, are you sure? Are you talking about me? Be perfect. Us. Gracious folks, just think about some of God's closest and best. Adam and Eve. Goodness gracious, with the stains of forbidden fruit, searching for fig leaves. How about Moses? How about Moses throwing a, both a staff and a temper tantrum? How about Samson? How about Samson swooning on Delilah's couch? He's drunk on wine and perfume and soft music. How about David? Who wanted Bathsheba? Bathsheba was married. David had took Bathsheba, had her husband Uriah killed. What about the disciples? How about ten of them? They didn't even show up when Jesus is dying on the cross. They scared to death. How about Peter? Peter said, I don't even know him. How about, how about Paul? How about Paul? In Romans 7, verses 15 through 25. And, and you will see it. You see it on the screen? And, and Paul says, I, I don't understand what to do. For what, for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that the law is good. As it is, no longer I myself who do it, but it's the sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. What I do is not good. I want to do. No, the evil I do, I want to do this. I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me who does it. You you can read that. Those are some of the closest. Gracious. Some of the closest folks to God, you know. And some of the best. God, they were, they all, not perfect. What about me? What about me? What about you and us, you know? You know, uh, in Isaiah, you know what Isaiah 53, 6 says? Uh, you do know this, you know. Uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way. That's me. That's me. That's us. So many times. But Jesus said it. And it's in our Bible. Unless you cut it out. Unless I clipped it out, it's still there. And you know what it is? It's Matthew 5, 48. Mark's going to put it up. See that? See that word on the screen? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What do you think, church? You're a smart crowd. What do you think? 
what do I think, you know? Well, note, note that the verb, the verb be, is future. It's a command, but it's also a promise. If you go back to the old Greek, New Testament written in Greek, as, as you all know, and, and you will discover that the meaning is this, that which is at the end, full-grown, mature, mature, grown, full-grown, indeed. Plainly, to me, Jesus is bidding us to press on into God's light. Did you hear Paul in our scriptures that Richard read from Philippians 3, 12 through 16? I'm not going to read it again. You can see it on the screen. Paul said, I press on. I press on. You know, and that's what he said. You can, you can read it again. Indeed. Has Richard read it? You know? In a word, what Jesus uh, is saying is, Harold, grow up. Get better tomorrow than you are today. And next day, and next day, and next day. Keep growing, Harold. Are you going to be perfect? No, you're not going to make it. But don't use that excuse. Do the best you can. You kingdom subject, fella. And you, my dear ones, a kingdom of God subjects. Live out that, that life that God has given and, and given you and me and live, live generously and live graciously toward others. And, and as God lives toward you and toward me. Matthew 5, 48, that's what he says. Be perfect. Grow. And that's the key, isn't it? It's to grow. To grow in faith, hope, and in love. As I see it, the true interpretation of the Lord's words, be perfect, does not apply altogether to to our actions in, in in our lives, but rather to the desires, the desires of our heart. We may never and won't achieve perfection in this life, but there is such a thing as attaining a perfect desire to be perfect. And that desire, you know, it's so important. And God reads that desire. You know the difference between a swine and a sheep is this. The hog, he falls in the mud hole and wallows in it and loves it, enjoys it. The sheep falls in and wants to get out. It wants to be clean. The Christian, the follower of Christ, is constantly struggling, if we're growing, to rise above our selfishness and our sin. You know what they ask Methodist preachers when they're ordained? Are you going on to perfection? That's what they ask us, you know? And the answer is, I'm earnestly striving after it. Folks, I don't know any of the pastors who have made it, but I know some who quit, and that was very sad indeed, you know. I want you to think about this. This little girl, say three or four years old, she comes running in the house, and as she stops by her mother's little flower garden, 
she grabs a bunch of flowers that are being planted. Her mother's so proud of the garden. And she yanks up all these flowers. They got weed and dirt and everything on them. And she runs into the house and says, Mama, I love you. Oh, God. Mom says, she pulled up my flowers. No, she doesn't say that. She says, thank you, sweetheart. The intent. The intent of that three-year-old is, I love you, Mama. And I want you to have these. And Mama takes those flowers and she puts them in a vase. And she doesn't let the weeds and the dirt bother her. Because she knows the intent. The intent, indeed. Oh. The heart of Christian perfection is in the will. The will to be. The will to be. Actions vary. Intentions remain constant, indeed. To speak of Christian perfection as singleness of intent does not minimize actions. No. But it does mean that the experience of being is deeper than the, the level of doing. Because if you keep being, one day you're going to do. It means we have discovered a central purpose of life, a purpose that gives meaning, my friends, direction and power. Now, what is the purpose of life? Matthew 22, 37 and 38. And that's the words of Jesus. You see those words on the screen? That is the purpose of life. Love the Lord your God, Arab Avin, with all your heart, etc., etc., and love your neighbor as yourself. The primary in, in, intention, the controlling desire, is to love God and love each other. That's the purpose. Love like Christ. That's the context of Matthew 5.48. Indeed. Indeed. And then, if you listen and look at 1 Corinthians 13, verses 10 through 13. Look at that verse. Just look at it up on the screen. You know? But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child... I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childhood behind me. And I grew up, is what he said, you know. Now, dear friends, this growth, this going on to be, has radical dependence upon Jesus Christ. Such dependence is total and it's continuous. It's a recognition of whatever we are and do as a result of the power greater than us that's in us. And that's the power of the living Christ. We call the Holy Spirit that lives in you and me. And we're connected to him as a branch connected to the, to the vine, indeed. And that's what it is, my dear ones. We're connected to Christ, and that will keep us on the road to maturing in love and growing. Let me close with a little story. It's a little story about a little girl, not a little child. I love children's stories. Don't you? You know, children teach us a lot. Jesus walked in this room, and you know what he would say to you? He'd say, bring me a little child up here. Now, you all, you folks, look at this child. This is what the kingdom's all about. Children teach us a lot of things. Anyway, here's a little girl. She wants to climb the little mountain. 
there in eastern Tennessee. She wants to get to the top of this, this ridge, and her dad is with her. So the little girl starts out. Boy, she is so excited. Dad's back here. She's running and moving and dancing. and Oh, my goodness. Well, finally, she wears out. She gets tired. She stumbles. This little girl falls. She can't go any further. And all of a sudden, Dad comes along. He picks her up. And together, they go to the top. My dear ones, be perfect. We never meant to climb that mountain in our own strength. Failure comes to each of us. And, and, and you know, life is an affair, really. Not of just man alone or a man with man, but a man with God, a woman with God, a child with God. And the word Father is key. It's really key in the Sermon on the Mount for faith and relationship to the key. In Him we find forgiveness. We find new power and life's secret. Thus, as your Father which is in heaven is perfect, sums up the new law and the new life. So press on, folks. Press on. And don't give up. And when you fall, hang on. He's right behind you. Pick you up. Take you to the top. Thank you, Father, for reminding us to be perfect. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to be better than we've been. And we know that you're with us in this, in all things. And for this, we, we give you our thanks and our deep love. Be perfect, oh Father. We certainly need your guiding hand and help and inspiration that we may be better than we have been. And we thank you for the opportunity to grow, to grow in our love for you and each other. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.